midst of a series of lessons entitled Life by the Book. <laughs> As they say, when all else fails, read the directions. <laughs> I like it better to say, before all else fails, <laughs> read the directions. And the Bible is indeed God's instruction manual for everyday living. The Scriptures are the manufacturer's blueprint for how life works best. Now this morning as we celebrate National Back to Church Sunday, it seemed appropriate for us to take a closer look at what the Bible says about friendship. The Bible gives us some very clear directions about friendships, relationships. Follow along in your Bible as I read the practical instructions in today's text. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, we pick it up with verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so with your friendship booklet in hand today, let's take a closer look at what the Bible says about friendship. Beginning with an introduction to friendship. What exactly is a friend. We listened to a few responses on the man on the street interview just a minute ago in the video clip, but let's take a moment right now at the beginning of today's lesson to write out a brief definition in the box that I provided for you there in your booklet. How would you complete this sentence? A friend is... I'm going to be quiet for a moment. This is your time to write, okay? How would you, in your own words, describe a friend? Take a moment. Put some words in that box for me if you would. I think that nailing down a clear and concise definition of friendship isn't an easy thing. <laughs> if you were to look up the word friend in the dictionary, you would get a definition like the one I put there in your notes. One who is personally well known by oneself and for whom one has warm regard or affection. One with whom one is on speaking terms, an associate or acquaintance. One with whom one is united in the same purpose or cause. I read that and I go, bleh. <laughs> this is kind of blah. I mean, a friend is so much more than that definition. I think one of the things that makes it difficult to give a clear and concise definition for friend is that there are several levels of friendship. Look at the concentric circles there in that diagram, and let's fill in a few blanks. Level number one, the biggest circle, if you will, we will call acquaintances. Acquaintances. Uh, 
Experts tell us that we will have, if we're an average person, around 2,500 acquaintances in our lives. These are people that we run into every so often. We might see them at the supermarket. They're a clerk. They're a bank teller. They're the person at the gas station where we go. I mean, they may even be a neighbor down the street that we're not really sure what his or her name is. You know, we kind of wave at them. But, but you know, they're, they're people that we see with some regularity, but not all the time, and we don't get together with them. They're just kind of acquaintances out there, about 2,500 of them or so. Level number two, as you move inward, the next smallest circle is what we would call casual friends. Now, statistics show us that the average person will have somewhere between 20 and 120 people that they know by name. Now, these casual friends, you actually know their name. Well, most of the time, unless you have a senior moment like I do occasionally. You know, they're your neighbors, they're your work associates, they're the classmates, they're your church friends, they're your, the club members, they're the people that work out at the gym with you, the people across the fence from you. You know their names, you, you see them really pretty consistently throughout your life, but they're still not real close, they're just kind of casual friends. Level number three, the next level in, is what we would call close friends. Again, experts tell us that we would have somewhere between 6 and 20 close friends within that circle. These are people now that we choose to be around on a regular basis. You actually make the choice. (laughs) They make the choice for you to be in relationship with them. And then level number 4, the inner circle, the smallest circle, would be your best Friends and experts tell us that the average person has between one and five best friends. These are the people whom you have the most intimate, lifelong relationships with. My wife Karen was in Arizona here recently for two weeks, and and uh, to see a friend that she'd been friends with since like third grade, you know, one of those kinds of friendships that that even if you haven't talked to each other for a month, you pick it back up. It's just like you've been together and never was there a separation. Those kinds of close, close. Friends, lifelong relationships. By the way, it's interesting to note that even Jesus modeled these four levels of friendship during his life and ministry. Level number one, the acquaintances, that would be the multitudes that Jesus ministered to as He went through His three and a half years of ministry. He met these multitudes in the course of His everyday ministry life. Level two, the next circle in the casual friends, would be that 70 that He sent out two by two, if you'll remember. Or the 120 who remained after His ascension and waited for the day of Pentecost in the upper room there in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come. Level three would be the close friends, the ones he hand chose who would be the twelve apostles who were with him 24-7 through his three and a half years of ministry. And then level four, the best friends, would be that inner circle of three within the apostleship, Peter, James, and John, that were his closest buddies, if you will. And among those, John seems to have been Jesus' very, very best friend. And so, with this introduction to friendship in mind then, let's move on to our second main thought today, which is some instruction on friendship. Don't you wish that every friend 
Every relationship came with an instruction manual describing how to put it together, how to keep it running smoothly, how to care for it properly, (laughs) Uh, and how to troubleshoot it when there are problems. Well, you might be surprised to find that, that God's Word, God's instruction manual, the Bible, actually gives us quite a bit of advice about building, maintaining, and growing friendships. Let me just highlight eight qualities of best or close friends. These are the two most innermost circles, okay? Best or close friends. These are qualities that best or close friends should share in their relationship with each other according to Scripture. Number one would be availability. Availability. Read the first part of Proverbs 18 and verse 24 out loud with me. It says, A man of many companions comes to ruin. (laughs) Isn't that true? What's it saying there? It's saying that... that You know, if we try to be close or best friends with everybody, if we spread ourselves too thin in our friendships, it won't work. To try to be everybody's friend is to end up being nobody's friend. Why? Because we'll never be available to focus our time and our energy into building meaningful relationships. Close and best friends are always available to one another. Solomon put it this way, Proverbs 27 and verse 10. A friend nearby is better than relatives far away. I like that. Karen and I, when we were first married, lived 1,800 miles from mom and dad. <laughs> and we learned this, par- this little proverb here is so true that having a close friend nearby was really good to have when your parents were 1,800 miles away uh, during those early struggles in our marriage. What a, a blessing it is to have that kind of an extended family, if you will. So the first quality of close or best friends is availability. Number two is sensitivity. Sensitivity. Now I follow availability with sensitivity for a reason. Closer best friends are sensitive enough to know when to say when, to not push the availability issue too far. As it says in Proverbs 25 and verse 17, don't visit friends too often or they'll get tired of it and start hating you. (laughs) Closer best friends may say to one another that they can call any hour of the day or night, but there's got to be a balance here. There's got to be some common sense exercised. Isn't that true? Read Proverbs 27 and verse 14 out loud with me. Let's read this one together. If you shout a pleasant greeting to a friend too early in the morning, he will count it as a curse. (laughs) We are so, you know, available with all of our little electronic devices anymore that, I'll tell you what, sometimes I turn mine off. I'm going to be honest. I turn mine off. You know, you, you get that, you know, 6 a.m. text and you're thinking, I, on the one day I could sleep in, you know. Me, 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 you know, telling you go. And her, the phone rings at 7 o'clock and it's one of your friends saying, hey, I was up and I thought you might be up too. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> Today I was sleeping in, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So the second quality of a closer best friend is sensitivity. Number three is loyalty. 
loyalty, trust, what we saw in that little boy, what he said there in that video clip. It's probably one of the most important qualities of friendship, loyalty. Somebody who will stick with you through the good and the bad. Look what the Bible says, Proverbs 17, verse 17. A true friend is always loyal. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, Paul said, If you love someone, you will be loyal to him no matter what the cost. By the way, I think one of the greatest tests of a friend's loyalty is his or her ability to keep a confidence. You can trust a true friend to never betray you, to never share a trusted secret with anyone else. As it says in Proverbs 11 and verse 13, a gossip tells everything, but a true friend will keep a secret. And nothing will derail a friendship any faster than a broken confidence. So the third quality of a closer best friend is loyalty. Number four is forgiveness. This is a huge one. (laughs) Forgiveness. In fact, read uh, this verse out loud with me, would you? Where are we? Come on, there it is. (laughs) Proverbs 17, verse 9. You will keep your friends if you forgive them. But you will lose your friends if you keep talking about what they did wrong. Boy, that's a great verse. That is a great verse. Forgiveness is such a key factor in developing meaningful relationships. As someone once said, if you want to have long friendships, then cultivate a short memory. In other words, true friends are willing and able to forgive and to move on. They don't file away one another's wrongs only to bring them up as ammunition later on. They choose to accept one another's flaws and shortcomings. They have learned how to handle one another's warts and blemishes. And so the fourth quality of a closer best friend is forgiveness, a very important quality. Number five is honesty. Honesty. Proverbs 24, verse 26 says it all. An honest answer is a sign of true friendship. And the point is, closer best friends have given each other permission to be open and honest, transparent, even vulnerable with each other. There are no hidden agendas, no surprises, no untold secrets. The relationship is built on honesty and integrity. What you see is what you get. It's real. And so the fifth quality of closer best friends is honesty. Number six is stimulation. Stimulation. Good friends challenge and stretch each other to new thoughts and to higher levels. Proverbs 27 and verse 17 puts it this way, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And by the way, I've told you this before, when iron sharpens iron, guess what? Sparks fly. (laughs) But closer best friends understand, they accept, they even welcome that in their relationship with each other. They know that this is the kind of stimulation that is healthy in a relationship. And as a matter of fact, they've given permission to each other to confront and to correct whenever that is necessary. As it says in Proverbs 27 verses 5 and 6, a truly good friend will openly correct you. You can trust a friend who corrects you, but kisses from an enemy are nothing but lies. And so the sixth quality of closer best friends is stimulation. Number seven is encouragement. Encouragement. I like the way Solomon worded it in today's text, Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 and 10. He said, two are better than one. 
If one falls down, his friend can help him up. I mean, there's nothing better than having a true friend by your side when you need support and encouragement. When we go through the tough times, it's nice to know that someone's by our side to hold us up. When we're taking a a leap of faith, if you will, it's great to have somebody there to cheer us on. When we want to quit, when we want to throw in the towel, it's wonderful to have somebody beside us urging us to hang in there, to persevere. You can do it. So the seventh quality of closer best friends is encouragement. Number eight is self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. In fact, Jesus Himself put it this way, John 15 and verse 13. Let's read this one out loud together. Greater love has no one than this, that He lay down His life for His friends. That's such a great verse. 1 John 3 expands on this. The action of Christ in laying down His life for us has shown us what love is. And we too are bound to lay down our lives for our friends. Our love must not be a thing of words and of fine talk. It must be a thing of action and of sincerity. The bottom line is here that true friends are willing to put the other person's needs and interests before their own. They're willing to sacrifice. They're willing to pay the price. Whatever the cost may be in time, money, energy, even life itself for one another. And so the eighth quality of closer best friends is self-sacrifice. Eight qualities then of closer best friends. That's a pretty good list, isn't it? Availability, sensitivity, loyalty, forgiveness, honesty, stimulation, encouragement, self-sacrifice. Not an exhaustive list. Please understand. The Bible gives a whole lot more than that. But that's a good place to start. I mean, if we were to build those into our friendships, what a difference it would make on having the kind of friendships that the Bible describes. Which leads us to our third main point today, and that's the inspection of friendship. In fact, read uh, the first part of verse 24 out loud with me, uh, Proverbs 18. Let's read it together. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Some people sometimes sometimes will ask me, what's the first step in friendship? (laughs) And I'll say, you are the first step in friendship. You have to be friendly if you want to have friends. I mean, doesn't that make sense? If you want to have a friend, you've got to be a friend yourself. So how friendly are we? That's the question. What is our friendship potential as an individual, if you will? Well, in your booklet, I've included a friendship inspection inventory that I want you to complete on your own at home. (laughs) Not right now. We're not going to have time to do this right now. This is homework. I know you hate that word. Many of you thought you were out of school and we're never going to have homework again. Well, sorry, you came to this church and you get homework, okay? Uh, But look at it with me right in the middle of your booklet there. Let's kind of walk our way through this together. Would you do that with me real quick? I'll kind of explain how this works and then you can do this on your own at home. Friendship inspection, it says. As you seek to improve your friendship-making ability and depth, you need to know something of what you're like now as a friend and what you should work on to improve your ability to make and keep friends. This friendship inspection inventory will help you discover where your personal strengths and growth areas lie. Circle the one answer that most fits what you do in your relationships right now. 
Though you will occasionally want to circle more than one answer, choose only one. Some of the questions are meant to be ambiguous in order to get you thinking creatively about yourself. (laughs) So, an example. Let's take question number one. When you hear someone gossiping about your friend, you, A, get angry inside. B, keep silent. C, defend your friend. D, confront that person for gossiping. See, there's no right or wrong answers here. I want you to understand, you can't go, oops, I made that mistake, I I chose the wrong answer. There's no right or wrong answer. You just have to choose the one that's most like you, okay? And don't make this any harder (laughs) than it is. It's really not all that difficult. So you go through and you choose one of those replies and you circle it, okay? That makes sense? Then you go on to question number two, do the same thing there, question number three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight! Twenty-eight of them. It's only 28. That's not very long. It's not going to take you very long to do this. It really won't. So are you with me? At the end of at the end of question number 28, it says at the bottom of that page, transfer your answers for the inventory onto the following sheet. So if you turn the page, there is an answer questionnaire right here to your questionnaire. You, you take and transfer your answers now. So question number one, circle the number under the corresponding letter you chose for each Question. So question number one, we'll go back to it. When you hear someone gossiping about your friend, you, if you chose A, get angry inside, then you would circle uh, that A, uh, that A answer, which is worth two points. See it on there? Okay. Now the value of this exercise is not going to be of any value at all if you cheat. <laughs> uh, should I even have to say that to the church? I shouldn't, I guess, but I'm just going to write out and say, you got to be honest, Okay. You don't don't answer these questions the way you think others would want to see the perfect you, but answer them the way that you really are. Now you go down through that and you transfer all your answers for all 28 questions. Now you with me? So you're going to have one number value circled for each of 1 through 28. Alright? Turn the page with me again. Total all the numbers circled on the previous page and enter in the total score blank below. So now you're going to take all of your number values, all 28 of them, and you're going to add them up. You might have to have a calculator to do this if you can't do it in your head. And you're going to come up with some kind of a total score. A hundred, okay, or whatever it happens to be. A hundred out of a possible 140 points. All right? And you're going to write that in that little blank right there, what the total score is. Then, next section, each question relates to a specific area of friendship as shown by the words on the score sheet. Total up the points for each area and put this total in the corresponding blank under specific area score. So down in the little dotted line box here now, you're going to see that question number 1, number 10, number 14, and number 21 has to do with the quality of loyalty. Okay? And you're going to take the answers, the, the a total amount of those answers, the numeric value, and you're going to put that in there. You're going to have something less than 20 points. You with me? Okay. We're doing it so far? I think this will be self-explanatory when you do it on your own. Do the same for sensitivity. Do the same for availability. Stimulation on down through. And you're going to have a total point value somewhere less than, you know, whatever the total amount that's possible is there for you on each of those eight qualities. Now, evaluating your score. Everybody with me? 
on this page, evaluating your score. Now that you have scored yourself, compare your score to the scale below. Remember that no test is perfect. The scoring has a great deal of latitude. It serves as an indicator of your friendship potential and needs. Scored 125 through 140 total points. You are so friendly you'll replace Rover as man's best friend. <laughs> Excellent Friendship potential. 110 to 124, you have very good potential to develop deep and well-rounded friendships. 95 to 109, you probably have a small number of deeper friends and could develop them further by working on some specific areas. And then it should say below 95. Please change that from 85 to 95. Below 95, you're most likely a lonely person with some significant needs for friendship development. Remember that this information is a guide for development now that you have a general indication of your friendship potential, take a look at your specific area scores. Check to see if there were any areas where you scored low. Write out two or three specific areas in which you need or would like to help. have some help. Write out some initial steps you can take to start improving. Your friendship potential depends only on your willingness to learn, grow, and reach out to others. So I'm just going to take an example. Let's say I, I scored low on sensitivity. Okay? So I might in this box down below where it says my personal plan to develop my friendship potential, I might write the word sensitivity. And I might give myself some suggestions that I know I need to do. <laughs> like I need to shut my mouth more often. Are you with me? <laughs> All right. I need to pray, God, let me see others through your eyes with love and compassion to be more sensitive to the needs of those, especially my friends, who are around me. Now get some help with this. <laughs> Go to your friends and ask them to help evaluate you on this. I get a sense that I'm not very sensitive. Is that true? No go. <laughs> okay, how can I improve that? And get some help from them and some counsel. And that's what goes in this little box down there. It kind of becomes your growth plan for you to be able to grow and develop your friendship potential. Now, does all of that make sense? Okay, don't do this right now. <laughs> Turn with me to the back inside page. We're not done yet. I don't want to lose you. Brings us to our final main point in today's lesson. And that is an invitation to friendship. Last part of verse 24 of Proverbs 18 says, There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now who are we talking about here? Notice it's capitalized. Jesus, yeah. Read what Jesus Himself said. Matthew, I mean John 15 verses 13 and 14. Let's read this one out loud together. The greatest way to show your love for friends is to die for them. And you are my friends. Isn't that, isn't that neat? Wow. <laughs> the greatest way, don't you think that's true? The greatest way somebody could possibly show that they are your friend would be to give their life for you. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus so much wanted to be our friend. And, and He saw that there was this this gap between us and Him. There was no way we could have a relationship with Him because of our sin. And Jesus went to the cross and He paid the price for our sin on the cross that you and I could not have ever paid. Death penalty had to be paid for our sin. It had to be paid. It's your choice. Either you spend eternity in hell and you pay that price yourself 
or you let Jesus pay it for you. And Jesus did pay it for you. And He invites you now to be His friend. He wants to be your very best friend. Now how do we enter a relationship with Jesus as our friend? Well, it's really as simple, I think, as ABC. A means that we acknowledge your sin and your need of a Savior. It begins right there by saying, I know that I am a sinner and I know that I cannot save myself. It is impossible. Jesus, I need You to be my Savior. And then B, believe that Jesus is the Son of God and put your full confidence and trust in Him to save you. You've got to trust Him. You've got to... You got to put your faith in him. You, the, 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 the work was finished on the cross for you. There's nothing more you can add to that. There's nothing you can do. It is all by God's grace. And you need to believe that what Jesus did for you is sufficient. And then see, you confess before God and others your commitment to Jesus as the Savior and Lord of your life. You don't keep that news to yourself. You let others know about it. It begins with your lips as you make a profession of your faith that I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You make that known to God, to to the enemy, Satan, to all the people who are your friends, to your church. But not just with your lips, because it's not just a one-time confession of your faith. It is a lifetime confession of your faith. You do it with your life as well, as you, from that moment on, live in obedience to Jesus' commands for us, and you are His follower, you are His disciple in the rest of your life. Now this invitation for friendship with Jesus is open to you today. If you have not entered a personal relationship with Him, if He is not, you cannot say that Jesus is your very, very best friend, then why not accept His invitation to friendship right now, this morning? You can do that. In fact, I don't often do this, but I'm going to lead us in a prayer right now. And if you want to invite Jesus into your heart and life, if you want to receive this friendship offer that He has for you, you can do that right now by praying this prayer along with me. I'll I'll pray it phrase by phrase. You just repeat that as I pray it. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I need You to be my Savior. I ask that You would forgive my sin. I ask that You would come into my heart and life. That You would be my Savior, my forgiver. And also, that You would be my Lord, the boss, the leader of my life. Thank You for Your finished work on the cross. I place my faith and my confidence in You and You alone. And I thank You for the salvation You offer me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Life by the Book 
Today we've taken a closer look at what the Bible says about friendship. And it's my prayer that this lesson and this booklet on friendship will better help you to understand how to build strong and healthy relationships with others. What I want